0: Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a couple things that we want to talk about, and we're going to be covering the EGX panel that came out this week. This is back from September, but we, went, we got the full panel, so I wanted to cover some of the interesting things that came from that. And we're going to be talking about uh, the latest adventure with uh, the Return of the, uh, the Damned. We're going to be talking about how that... Is is playing out, what I think of it, um, how it plays out as far as like an actual adventure, how the community decision is going, because we finally got an update on that, plus we're going to be talking about some of the changes over at New Golden Sands, and we are getting a deep dive on the content update for the upcoming season, season 8, at the end of this week, which will be really exciting because it'll be fresh and uh, ready to jump into for next week's episode, which will be 250. 250 episodes of this podcast we're going on five years it's insane so let's get into it if you would like to join the patron list you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash keel podcast and support this content just like these fine fellow folks have i want to thank people's republic l cute balls bam bam bagel captain Haskell, captain hayes chateau Neuf zombie killer cloud cosmic johnson Static Mirror, Davrom TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergotron, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rustbell Kid, Norwegian, Skemelt 666, Sudesh, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Super Pack, Mina Fairy, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Roosky Doo, Skinny Matt, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. Uh, If you're not in the captain tier, I still appreciate the uh, support that you're giving each and every month. It really does mean the world to me. And I I love that you guys are happy with the content and uh, feel like you can support it. If you're not part of this group, no worries. There's always opportunity. If not, just share it with other people. Uh, The YouTube feel free to like and subscribe that helps the algorithms Um, or just tell people about it if you're fantasy thieves and you listen to podcasts um, and you know people that are as well this is a great way to help support me and the content that I'm making thanks First on today's docket, let's talk about the EGX panel. This is from the September uh, EGX that a lot of folks were able to get uh, uh, able to get to go to, and it was nice to hear from some of our uh, Keelhauled community members when they came back. They were able to come onto the uh, community episode and talk about their impressions of it. But getting a chance to actually watch the actual panel was was really informing. Um, I think it was kind of a victory lap because they got an opportunity to sit down and and chat with Chris to kind of dive into some of the different things that have been going on since they last got an opportunity to really go out to a convention. Remember, it's been a couple years since they've been able to go to conventions. And as a result, A lot of people not really seeing them up on stage talking about the game, talking about what's going on. So if you haven't been following or you just uh, got a chance to go to EGX and you saw Sea of Thieves and you'd heard about it, but you hadn't really had an opportunity to dive in, it was nice to kind of give a a bit of a victory lap, a bit of a a refresher on what's been happening specifically in the last year, because uh, seasons really have kind of been some of the biggest things that have uh, come to the game. So actually probably the last two years, I guess, at this point. Has it been two years since we started Seasons? It feels like the beginning of 2022, but I can't remember. It's actually, no, it hasn't. It's been two years. I'm crazy. So on stage, um, I didn't get a chance to find out who the person was that was uh doing the hosting for the actual panel, but we had uh Mike Chapman, as always, creative director of Sea of Thieves, uh Joe Neat, director of or producer, executive producer of Sea of Thieves, and uh Christina Taylor, who's is, uh head of community um over at at Rare right now. And she's been doing a fantastic job. In fact, she's to thank for a lot of the different things that have been going on in between each seasons, so as far as like the different things that are going on with the community. So really glad to see her um Uh, up on stage actually chatting with everyone um, especially given that she's just recently came back from maternity leave so it was it was just nice it was really pleasant to be able to get a chance to um, see her being able to speak to the game again and and as far as the community goes and stuff so really happy to see her back on the on the panel and, and kind of chatting with folks there so um Again, like I mentioned, they kind of did a victory lap. Um, it was great to have them talk about how successful things like Community Day, day were, um, especially with this last Community Day. If you guys remember, that was the one where we actually got to uh, go in on one day and uh, try and kill as many ancient skeletons as possible. The the uh, ancient skeletons were ramped up given the grade of uh, hashtag Cthulhu's Community Day. And that was a huge success. It was great to see a lot of folks got an opportunity to, to jump in on that and, and actually get a couple ancient skellies for sure. At least uh, one or two. I don't think anyone, I, I think there were a few people that weren't able to get any, but I really think if you jumped on and you were playing for a couple hours, you got at least one or two uh, for sure. Um Joe went on to talk about how the team is uh, bigger than ever. They've, they've got a team that is working on custom te- uh, custom servers right now, which is nice. Um, they've also got the PvP revamp team, the team that's working on uh, the hit reg and whether or not they're going to do hit scan or projectile based uh, combat. They're still kind of working on that. And then they have, of course, like the, the normal development team for the different seasons, as well as the services that they're doing, uh, especially with the live service mo- mentality that they've been bringing to the game with all the different adventures um mike was able to speak um to how nice it was that that uh people know what sea of thieves is uh the conversation came up when they were talking about all of the different teams that they interact with when they're bringing on new studios or co-developers to help kind of uh flesh out some of the different things that they want to do with the game and to do that um they are having to go into talks with different studios right and it was nice to think about the fact that sea of thieves has been out and we're we're coming in on five years now And it was nice to think about the fact that uh, with five years worth of being out in the world as a a game, as a live service, you really don't have to explain what Sea of Thieves is to anyone anymore. Like most people, if you've heard about Microsoft or you're following Xbox, you've probably got a pretty good handle on what uh, the the shared world uh, gaming is, is is the swag, you know, and and it's just kind of nice because you think about it in like, I remember the videos from back in the day when they were talking to people about what sea of thieves is you know what does it mean to be a, a pirate on sea of thieves what does it mean to be in the sea of thieves that was always kind of the conversation and they're past that now they can actually start working with teams and have them be onboarded to work on projects that really do help kind of move the team forward in a, in a much more productive manner you're no longer getting people up to speed with uh well it's a pirate game and we've got pvp and we've got pve and we're looking to do this and this is kind of what the arc is it's like no people are fans people know what's what they're getting into when they join up to work with rare and that's great that's that's like on the level of of jumping on to uh sign up for the next grand theft auto or the next uh horza or forza horizon game or the the next halo like they're, it's it's obviously not as long established as those franchises, but when you say those games, you immediately know what people are talking about, and it's it's like that for Sea of Thieves. Now it's not where you have to go and actually uh, describe kind of what Sea of Thieves is, and that's a good feeling. You know, when you've when you've put your your life into this, and for them it's been like twelve years, but for us it's been five. Um, that you don't have to just say like. Well, there's no, there's not really anything that tells you what to do. You just kind of intuit what a lot of the things in game are and, you know, people work that stuff out and it's, it's really nice. moving into kind of some of the other topics that they talked about they talked about captaincy and if that's going to kind of move forward are they going to be doing things with captaincy and it was nice to have Mike kind of say like hey captaincy is kind of the foundation and right now with uh season eight and this is something that they've spoken to in prior uh areas as well as uh, online with twitter as, as well as in uh updates as as in podcasts and videos and stuff they've talked about how season eight is intended to be a PVP season and that a lot of the rewards for PVP through the milestones are going to be bringing um, uh, content to the game in season eight. Um, so they're going to really kind of flesh that out. But it was nice to hear that they are uh, speaking to to kind of having a social belonging that they want to reach even further with captaincies that you have a, a, a name and you build up your a reputation for yourself and things like that and that they're going to continue expanding upon captaincy even going into the next year which i think was really kind of interesting because uh from what we understood at least from the the player perspective uh captaincy was something that was kind of the way to start up uh the 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 list of things that you've done throughout the world and adding different things to your to your kind of i don't know like a notches on a belt, you know, you're kind of like counting up the things that you've done, you know, what are the, the victories that you've had in the past? Or what are the failures that you've had in the past and see how that all stacks up and and what your pirate is uh, considered based on, you know, the different trinkets and trophies that you can get through the milestone system. So to have that kind of expanded upon is very interesting, because it feels like, you know, there's you know, obviously places on the boat where uh, you can put up little things to kind of showcase some of the different accomplishments that you've had in the game. And some of those have changed over the last few months, uh, given that, you know, some places you can't place things anymore. They've had to adjust some of those things I found out. And uh, it it was kind of interesting to think about, like, what are the other things that they could bring in that wouldn't feel as grindy as the milestones did originally before the the uh, kind of culling of, of how long it took to get things done and um, still feel relevant uh, given that the, the way we're playing feels like it's pretty much covered outside of PvP. Like PvP is effectively... Um, the only thing that really hasn't been brought into captaincy, like there's no rewards for uh, what you get in the game if you're doing PvP, right? So it's nice to hear that they're going to be expanding upon that in Season 8, but even beyond still raises a lot of questions in my mind as to what could, what could that possibly mean. And that kind of brought us to the next topic, which was a little more of the CAT, C, yeah, CETs, because uh, with Season 8, right around the corner, um, they spoke to this in September so it was kind of interesting to hear a lot of people kind of know what's going on and if you've been playing on Insiders this is all old hat for you so you know you, you don't really have the the joy of the surprise of what's going to happen in the game but um, that's okay because you had that you just couldn't really say anything about it but it was kind of cool to hear that there's going to be two alignments in season eight and that kind of coincides with what we're dealing with right with the adventure we've got the athena's fortune and we've got the reaper's bones um and those two alignments uh are very particular like alignment is a very specific word that i think was chosen to really kind of represent how you are going to be uh representing yourself like right now in the adventure we are aligning ourselves either team Pendragon and team athena, athena fortune or uh team flame heart and team reaper's bones right and to, to hear that that is getting supported and expounded upon uh, in season eight is it's, it's kind of exciting because it does feel like a lot of that kind of World of Warcraft thing, something I've, I've been, you know, immersed in since at this point, the mid 90s, 96, I think, when I played Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. But I mean, really kicked off in 2004 when I started with World of Warcraft, along with the game launch and to think about that being in sea of thieves is really kind of awesome i've always loved the idea that there would be kind of a good and bad leaning in a pirate world you know like there are pirates who love for the sake of adventure and there's pirates who love for the sake of destruction like there's those that want to uh create stories through having uh fun and and having a a really good adventure and there's obviously you know, good and bad alignments based on you know how your perspective leans. And it's really kind of interesting to think about. In Sea of Thieves, everything is very fluid. Um, you don't really have anything that you're really locked down to. Like you can you can kick up a server and you can jump on, you can start working on Athena's fortune, and then you can leave that server, hop on another day, kick up a a Reaper's Bones flag and work through that. In fact, if anything, the ledger systems really do kind of encourage you to hop around to the different alignments uh, just with the trade companies, right? So what does an alignment in Sea of Thieves mean? Like, what does that uh, really entail? Like how, how stuck into this system are you going to be uh, brought into? Like how, how tangled up in the alignments are you going to be? Obviously they know that people are going to have different alignments um, and that they're going to want to play together. So People are going to have things on, you know, mixed crews on their ship. In fact, it was really um, kind of tough to sail with uh, some friends this weekend when we were going around because um, by the time I got on the boat, they already had a bunch of enchanted dolls and they wanted to take them to Flameheart. And it was really kind of frustrating because it's not who I wanted to support. And it really did kind of make me think like, I, I don't know if I'm going to want to play with people who are going to support the the faction that i don't want to support you know because i don't want them to win i want my team to win because they're the team that i chose because i believe in the the pen dragon that goes around and has all these adventures and helps all these people and does all these things and saved us at the end of uh you know tall tale five for a pirate's life Um and and you know yeah did he did he break a couple things did he did he open release a a a soul that was in flame heart you know yeah but would it have been anyone else at any other point probably it didn't have to be him it just happened to be him uh which sounds like an excuse and probably is but um it's gonna make me wonder like am I going to start picking who I sail with uh based on their alignment or based on. i'm just used to sailing with because i would like to make progress towards my alignment and i can't really say that that it would stop me because honestly like at the end of the day it's a video game i'd rather spend time with my friends than i would you know based on who the alignment is um and i'm always open to being swayed to the side of evil just depends on how good the villain is and the villain. Flameheart, honestly, still not quite the villain that I was hoping. Like the big red head in the sky and seabound soul. Honestly, that that was the best Flameheart I had ever seen. And um, yeah, I loved this. I live. I loved the the world event for Flameheart. I thought that was always really great. I always loved using it to my advantage, and I I enjoyed doing it. Uh, it did get tiresome, but uh, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. <sighs> I'm still very interested in that old E3 video of Flameheart walking through that, that ancient archway, because we don't really know what that was all about. And we don't, honestly, we don't even really know uh, too much about how accurate that trailer is to the story that is currently being told. Like, is that trailer where, um, and if you guys don't know, it's the fly-through with Sea of Thieves. Uh, I believe it was 2018's E3. I'm, I'm speaking from memory here, so don't, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was 2018's fly-through. Where you're kind of moving from crew to crew to area to area to different things, you know, and you had the the shipwreck with the the different sized mermaids that we still don't have, um, kind of chasing you as you're trying to grab treasure from this uh, sinking ship, and uh, you know they had the kraken arms coming through and smashing the ships, and it had rowboats before we even had rowboats in there, but at the very end it had Flame Heart, uh, leading the charge or not leading the charge, but commanding a bunch of skeletons forward. As his flaming chest was kind of raising a, a sword up into the air um, as he came through this uh portal with a bunch of bats and stuff and i, I always still think there's a possibility that so much time has passed you know, obviously five years is closing in on five years here how canonical that scene is to what the team wants to do with the story going forward like is that actually the case um so very curious about what's going to happen in this future but uh trying to decide on how alignments work is is a very interesting perspective I'm, I'm looking forward to the content update video that we're getting on friday the 18th uh on thursday the end of thursday is going to be um when the community decision ends on friday they're going to have a stream in the morning for pst i think it's like 4 p.m utc which i think is Let's see if it's 4 p.m. UTC. I don't know if UTC and GMT are, are synced up right now. Uh, but if it is, then that means that uh, 4 p.m. would be an hour before 5, which means it would be about 8 o'clock in the morning, my time, which 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11 o'clock Eastern Pacific time. Um, but they're going to be doing an hour stream, most likely kind of the way they did the, the original community decision. Uh, they'll probably be going over the results of it, And then we'll probably get the content drop for season eight right afterwards, which I think will be very interesting given that it's intended to be kind of the stirring of, of the pot. Like right now we are, we are picking sides, we're choosing sides and uh, we're going to make an alignment when season eight comes out. uh, It's going to be PVP focused and they're going to have alignments set up so that you can commit to that side. Which kind of leads me to um, a couple of the wallpapers, some of the images that have been coming around, uh, because obviously we have like the Team Pendragon one with a bunch of uh, Athena's Fortune ghost garbs. We've got uh, the ghost clothing as well as the pirate legend stuff. Um, but in the background, you've got those those bookcases and the Magpie's Wing flag and stuff, and it's and it feels like it's a new area. So I'm very curious, like where we're going to be going that we will be able to stay with pendragon if uh, well pendragon probably won't be there if he loses um so i don't know what's going to happen in that case uh and same thing with the flame heart one now that i think about it i don't know what will actually happen but effectively i imagine if there's two alignments one I, I'm, I'm assuming here that we'll finally be able to get down into the pirate or into the uh reaper's bones hideout like the the door is going to open we'll finally be able to go down there it'll be like a little portal that you can access and you know we go down there and there's there's all the whatever have you for what's going on with the reaper's bones and um gosh i maybe the maybe the pirate legend tavern would have all the stuff for the for the uh for the athena's fortune i mean that makes sense right like if it's an elite if if it's an athena fortune alignment i mean the pirate legend tavern would probably be that maybe they move the boat maybe they actually build out well no, because they haven't done, well, they haven't done anything now, now that I think about it for any side. Um, but maybe they move the boat. Maybe they, uh, maybe they get rid of the boat and uh, they build out that dock and uh, you can actually, you can actually have like a little town there or something. I don't know. I'll be. I'm, that's kind of what's going on, right? Like, is, I'm just really curious what's going to happen with all of this because so far season eight has been a, a big mystery to me outside of the, the PVP aspect of it. Now that I I got to watch this uh, little trailer or this, uh, this EGX panel, finding out about the alignments is very curious too. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this because I think one of the things that they talked about was having PvP content on demand, which... I, I thought it was a very interesting choice of words. Um, it, it echoes some of the sentiment behind the people who were looking forward to uh, having something that would be closer to what the arena was. Uh, I think a lot of folks were really interested about the sea forts because that was a potential TDM spot for a lot of people, but um, not having servers want to jump into that. But in uh, what I'm, I guess I should word that better. Being able to get onto a server, go to a fort raise the reaper flag and wait for people to come fight you uh is something that i know some of the folks out there have done like i'm pretty sure fuzzy bond has has grabbed stuff taken it over to a sea fort and waited for people to come and actually engage in pvp and they just don't and and that's that's most that's a a good majority of players probably aren't going to do that and it's really tough and and we've seen this with things like the shrouded deep it's really tough to get players to all agree to do something on a server unless you roll for boats to be able to get uh, multiple crews on one server and being that we only have five ships on a server right now that's it's even tougher to really kind of commit people to doing something so the prospect of having on-demand pvp uh, feels like there might be something going on with the portals, um, and and the reason I say that is is purely based off of uh, what was going on with a hunter's cry. I think a hunter's cry is a good test bed for what they were hoping for with uh, season eight and that they were able to test that and see if what they were going to do with uh, season eight was actually going to work well. And and if that's the case, then that's great because it does work. It does actually work out really well. Um, the trouble is, is that you, you would have to actually go and sign up for it. So I'm very curious to find out. The queuing system for Arena was always the toughest thing to do. So having on-demand PvP content, I'm I'm very interested to find out if people are actually going to do this because uh, much like the treasure burying system and the map quest board, um, fantastic ideas, very underutilized in practice. Uh, so I'm curious what the what what the the carrot on a stick is going to be for this. And and Mike or not Mike, uh, Joe actually spoke to this. Um, In the actual panel, as you kind of went further into the actual panel, Joe talked about how Season 8 has some of the best uh, PvP rewards that they've ever had for the game and also some of the best environments, which also kind of makes me think that we're going to be using the portal system because he talked about some of the best rewards and some of the best environment work and some of the the best environments they've seen for this on-demand PvP. So i don't know if this is arena 2.0 well we already had 2.0 3.0 we'll go with arena 3.0 i don't know if this is going to be arena 3.0 uh but if the rewards are there and the rewards are something that are achievable um both short-term and long-term i think there's a good chance that whatever this ends up being that people will actually feel more invested in actually doing it. Uh, I know I was sailing with um, Davram, Patty, and and Mina this weekend uh, for our streams on Saturday, and uh, we came across, um, I think we just completed a sea fort. Not a sea fort, uh, skeleton fort. Too many forts in the game. We just completed a, a skeleton fort and uh, we were going to go turn in all of our fish to the nearby sea post. We we're up by Sh- Sh- Sharkfin Camp, by the way. So we went up to the, the wild treasure store, I think is what it is up there, and uh, we saw a sloop coming in. Um, sloop just Kind of came in out of nowhere we checked the map turned out to be a reaper five pretty sure it was a portal because they hadn't been on the server prior so they weren't working up their portal their their grade five or we would have seen it and uh when they came over um funny enough Davram and Patty managed to get a mega keg on their ship and explode it. Uh, Patty was able to um get on board, but by the time they got back or he got on, they just about patched everything up and were put all the fire out. Um, and the mega keg didn't even uh didn't even uh, you know stop them. Um, but we had the opportunity to turn around and managed to get a pretty good broadside on them. And after I think we took down their sails. Uh, we put it in a pretty good fight, and they they were hitting pretty pretty hard. But uh, really, we had a bunch of cursed cannonballs and uh, blunder bombs to really kind of seal the fate. Uh, and and I just wanted to say this because um, even though we did win the fight, uh, they were very cool about it, and they were really nice. And it was nice to have a positive experience in Sea of Thieves when it came to PvP. So I would I would say that with Season Eight being focused on pvp especially on demand pvp uh if the cosmetics are in it then i'm hoping the cosmetics will be enough drive for folks to want to jump in to actually pvp more and that the saltiness of uh, the result of, of losing arena fades away and people are able to really kind of go out there and engage with other players who are in it for the pvp um and and maybe that might kind of Uh, help give players an opportunity to start really kind of learning the ropes when it comes to PvP because it is kind of uh, a losing art at this point. Like not too many people really practice it. Um, There's multiple techniques, but you don't have a solid way to really go in and try and better yourself, you know, try and do better with uh, cannon shots, things like that. Boards, um, how to deal with boards and things like that. Uh, I still feel like there's a lot of issues with... um, how players get onto ships also hit reg still kind of a a big tough issue and uh tucking definitely something that um people really have to be aware of uh because we actually had someone um get on our ship without really noticing and i think that was something that uh we really have to get better about thankfully the person that was there taught us a few of the spots so it'll be kind of nice to see if we can use those or uh actually just kind of check for them in the future um Still, a weird thing with the game where you can kind of hide in geometry. Um, I'm not not a fan of it because it kind of breaks the immersion uh, for the sake of tucking. And I and I I hate when you have to break the game effectively. Like you have to put your your pirate model in a game uh, or in a, a wall to be to be able to effectively tuck because it doesn't really. It doesn't seem like a very fair situation where it's like, you're not just being clever. You're just, you're just abusing, uh, the game mechanics. Right. But I can see both sides of it. So I'm just speaking my own personal perspective. Um, people are going to do whatever they want to do. Uh, and that that was kind of interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm really curious how this is all going to work out. How the alignments are going to work, how the rewards are going to work out, what the environments are going to look like, how well are people going to engage with this on demand, and will things like hit registration and server stability uh, impact this in a positive or negative light, because that is still very much an issue uh, that we're running into. the world to me, and I continue to try and improve the quality and content for you. With that, pirates, let's get back to the show. Some of the other highlights that uh, came as a result of some of the questions because they did have a Q&A section there, so it was really interesting to kind of listen to what people were kind of asking. Um, really surprised that again, a lot of the questions that we got at EGX are questions that have been coming in from the fans since year one. Uh, honestly, like stuff that people have wanted, like questions about pve and pvp being split up uh questions about Man of wars being brought to the game uh questions about um new performance improvements and stuff coming in like hit registration uh questions about like being able to swap your ship in server um and not have to back out of the game to do so uh, a lot of questions that honestly we have had the answers for uh it's interesting to hear the confirmation again that a lot of the things that we want are things that they understand and would like to do, but really comes down to time and difficulty, um, especially given, I would say, the uh, in-session swappability ability uh, or, or swapping of, of ships. Swappability is not a word. Uh, but the ability to uh, dynamically change your ship type in-game without leaving the session, uh, hearing that that was something that was actually difficult due to the nature behind Xbox Live servers, Uh, as far as like the party system that was interesting i was not expecting that um and it was kind of confirmation that uh because i remember i asked this question or or at least i talked to uh, uh captain j of the crow's nest youtube channel back in the day um he was on the weekly stream which was kind of like a Hey, if you got picked to do the weekly stream, you got showcased for a lot of people and a lot of people found your content. Uh, but Jay was nice enough to do the hour stream and ask a question for me uh, from, I'm trying to remember who it was with, but I think it was Joe and I think it was Shelly uh, who were present for his. And the question came up of, you know, would we ever be able to dynamically change our ship type in game? And it was something that they said, oh, you know, we'll have to look and see if that's even possible because they were pretty sure it was possible, but they weren't sure if they could do it. And it was nice to hear that it's something that is possible, but the amount of resources that it would cause or that that, that it would take to be able to flesh out that system, have people devoted to working on it, testing it. And they have tested this a little bit in the game because I remember there was a time when... um ships were spawning on top of other ships you would go down to your ship and another ship would just spawn on top of your ship so i know that at some point there was a a way that they were working on something to see if you could change a ship midship, and what would happen to the ship before yours and it messed up with the spawning locations for when crewmates would join into a server or not crewmates but ships people would spawn into a server who's spawning people on top of each other um but it, it seems like it was just a little too difficult for them to be able to do. And while they they understand that it's something that would be would be nice, uh, it's not high on the priority list. Um, things like hit registration and captaincy, getting those kind of locked down and making sure the performance is still kind of like being worked on, those are are definitely much higher from what they they talked about as as far as the priority goes. And I'm and I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that they uh are are continuing to invest heavily in getting the teams that are working on those types of issues uh fixed before they move forward especially given that one of the things that uh, mike had talked about was um new weapon types and i think that was always something that was uh, is something that a lot of us are very interested in to kind of see what kind of tools can be brought to the game because i know that eventually Uh, They would like to take those tools and expand upon those and uh, create more tools to give more control over things for like custom servers, which also came up. They wanted to talk about um, being able to give players the ability to create their own adventures or or create their own tall tales, things like that, Um, as well as uh, PVP events, things like that uh, in the custom service, which I think would really help out the community. A lot of us have a lot of different uh, things that we do in the game that are community-based events and being able to have that set up so that it's easy for us to do um, I think is a great way to really kind of uh, add value to the community for when we want to do these events. Giving us much more control over than we currently have with uh, servers I think would be fantastic. Um, Some of the other questions, one that actually came up that I think is one that um, I know some of you have actually reached out to me about to get some thoughts on but it pertains to the hunter's call and whether or not that would be getting an update and it was interesting to hear that they know that they want to do something with hunter's call but what that is is still kind of up in the air but whatever it ends up being will most likely be something that ties to a seasonal theme That they want to make sure that if they do an update for Hunter's Call, that it's big enough and worthy enough to justify the development time. And that if they're going to do that, then it should be something that really kind of encompasses a seasonal theme, kind of like what we had with Seaforts or um Sunken Shrines, probably a good example. Of where they they know they want to introduce something to really kind of freshen up Hunter's Call, but they're not sure exactly what that will entail. And if they do, they want to do it justice, which is nice. It's, it's good to hear that. Right. Um, some of the other things that they talked about was, uh, custom sales or custom fireworks, obviously we all know if you, if you think about like, if, if you could draw anything in the game, what would you draw? You immediately think of the first thing that is, that comes to your mind. That is, it is the, um, I think, what is it? The developers call it TDD or no TTD yeah time to yeah ttd um which if you if you in your mind if you figured out what that acronym is good if you haven't uh if you're over 18 i will tell you um in private's uh, chat but if you're not then i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell you but yeah you can always dm dm me if you if you're not sure what ttd is or just you know google game design ttd actually i'm gonna do that right now i'm gonna open up google because google is the best of friends um, oh wait, I lied. I'm on being. Never mind. T T D game design meaning. Let's see. It is not the through the desert technology. I don't know what that is. Game abbreviations. Nope. You know what? That's. I, I feel like I may have led you a bit astray. You can't just really Google that and and get an idea of what that is. Um, but you know what? Again, if you if you have questions, I'll tell you in private. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to divulge what that is. But think about like custom drawing anything in game, especially with the map table. Think of what you would put on a custom sale and then think of what TTD stands for. And you'll understand why they were a little hesitant to give us custom sales. Uh, that being said, they did just expand the team for the creator crew, which be, would be great if content creators were able to get their stuff in game because I would love to have a keel halt sale uh, livery set that i could appoint to certain people who are uh, mods in my community and be able to say like hey these are the people who have supported me who have helped me with my uh with my with my community and help kind of build it up and moderate it um, i would like to reward them with keel halt sales uh, as well as sail around myself with the keel-hauled sails on my ship, because right now I'm using the cursed captain's one, and obviously the cursed captain, fan favorite, my favorite character out of Pirates Life. But I, I, I 100% understand it's not mine, but it, it is it is really close to mine, so I, I'm using it for now. But I would love to have keel keel-hauled sails. Um, custom fireworks would be interesting. I wouldn't mind seeing what custom fireworks could be, uh, in a sense. And uh, that actually brings up um, one of the other questions. Was someone asked if the cursed captain from the first uh, Tall Tale for Pirate's Life was the captain uh, from the the Tall Tales one, two, three, four uh, in the the Dark Brother and Court layer uh, where they got the letter for the captain um, in Davy Jones's locket or locker? No, Davy Jones's chest. Um, obviously, not the same one. You guys, if you've been listening to my content, you all know. A, the cursed captain is not him. Uh, B, it is Hook. We just have to get to the point where we realize that it's Hook and see like what Hook is and what Hook means and see of thieves, which I think is fantastic. I'm I'm lo- really looking forward to that. Uh, and then I think that the last thing was um, raid bosses. Uh, if we were ever going to be able to do a raid boss or a large fleet, and uh, Mike, uh, for for lack of a better term confirmed that we will be doing large fleet pve content and i think this is something that i talked about with uh Joby one in the last episode i want flameheart to sail on the golden blade and i want the golden blade to be his ship and his son's ship and their fleet of reapers go around, uh, uh, they're, they're emergent threats. They're not something that is tied to a world event, but they're an emergent threat that sails around. You know when it's happening because it's it, you can see it coming from a mile away and you have a choice it it will be aggressive it will not be passive unless it gets too close kind of like the skeleton ships i want it to be aggressive i want it to see ships and i want it to go after ships um and maybe the only (laughs) man this would be funny uh the only way you can get away from having to deal with this pve threat is if you're flying the pvp reaper's bone emissary how funny would it be if you had to get away from the pve threat by flying the pvp flag um That's (laughs) that's <laughs> I'm 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 loving this idea now that I think about it. Uh, but the PVPers get don't have to deal with the PVE threat because they're focusing on PVP. Uh, and under under the guise of of Flame Hearts, you know, uh, uh, loyalists, you know. Uh, and and as a result, the uh, Flame Heart doesn't go after them. They'll go after just about any other ship on the server. But I I would I would actually like that if there was like a a moving fleet of of pve threat that is out there hunting other pirates um there isn't really anything like that in the game. There's, you know, you can you can have a meg spawn on you. You can have a ship spawn on you. You can have a kraken spawn on you, um, but you never know when it's coming, right? There's and and I and I know full understanding. There are very specific spots in the world that megalodons will spawn, like just to the west of Plunder Outpost, just to the west of Isle of Last Words. You know, there's there's little there's little pockets of the world. That if you sail around in, you'll have a higher chance of spawning a Megalodon or a Kraken or a ship fleet or a uh, skeleton ship, you know, any of those will kind of pop in certain areas. And a lot of it has to do with triggers in the game code that uh, say like if world event down spawn on pirate, if while sailing through certain area um make sure to really you know have the megalodon bite the stern or the bow so you can't fire at it because right now apparently that's broke um i don't know why the the megalodons are not acting as as the code was originally told us that it should be uh forever ago but it still does that um but it would be nice to have kind of an ai threat that's out there that's scary that is going after other ships because Right now, so many people that I talk to... Well, not so many people. A fair amount of people that I talk to were like, I want to bring Flameheart back so I can finally kill him and get him out of the game. And I'm like, I think you are... I, this is the this is the cursed monkey paw. Bart has wished upon the cursed monkey paw. And one of the fingers has closed. And I don't think you all really understand the ramifications of what you're doing. But that's okay. Pendragon made the same mistake. And if you didn't learn from Pendragon... We'll have an opportunity after the the Reaper's Bones wins after this community event. And then we can all be in the same bag as Pendragon. And we can all sit there and say, oh, man, I, I can really sympathize with how Pendragon feels right now. I probably should have sided with him and so that he wasn't stuck in the portrait that was supposed to trap Flameheart's skull or Flameheart's soul. But all in all, I will say that the EGX panel was fantastic. I actually really enjoyed listening to it. Um, There's something very calming about listening to Mike and Joe uh, talk about the game. I don't know what it is, but every time they hear like something going on with the community and how it kind of energizes them, every time I hear from them, about the game it always energizes me like it always gets me super excited about what's coming to the game what's coming to the game i'm super excited about that uh so it was nice to be able to get that little shot in the arm as uh we're kind of grinding through the the large amount of content that was delayed clearly delayed um due to captaincy pushing back season seven as much as it did because um as we're going to get into with the latest adventure it was very apparent what this adventure was intended to be and unfortunate that the delay with captaincy um, pushed the schedule forward or pushed the schedule back so much that it really did kind of hurt the opportunity for players to really have some fun uh, with these adventures in the time that it was apparent that they were intended to be too. But let's take a break. I'll come back. We'll jump into the latest adventure because I want to talk about that um, on my own thoughts and really kind of uh, flesh out some of the thoughts that I had with this. And I know I've been saying flesh out. I don't care. You guys can hate me. For it. <laughs> and we're back uh if you are listening to the patreon feed you didn't really have a whole little ad break right there you just had a little bumper um but if you're listening to the the free content then thank you uh i appreciate that you guys are are listening to the feed regardless um but i wanted to talk about return of the damned um this is the latest adventure from sea thieves it's been going on for a week we just got an update this week that confirmed that the reaper's bones or team flame heart is in the lead with the enchanted doll turn-ins Obviously, the more you turn in, the more flags that are uh, raised around the sea forts, the more credit you get. Go out there. Um, I will say that Saturday, when I was last playing, because uh, I didn't get a chance to play today as of recording, I was playing God of War today. Um, that. I didn't see any, really any um, flags raised over at the Seaforts. It seemed like it was it was like maybe one or two in the, the few hours or four or five hours that we were playing that night. Uh, and it was kind of surprising because I think everyone kind of did what they wanted to do. They got the adventure done and um, they didn't get any updates. So it didn't really feel like anyone knew kind of where they wanted to go with it. Like, did they need to continue working on it? So I'm kind of curious how everyone feels, and uh, I'll kind of share my thoughts after this, but I want to pose the question. I'm kind of curious how everyone feels about only getting the update once uh, the once during the actual uh, two-week period. Um, I think in the 14 days, I would like to have every three days an update so that we get four updates throughout the two-week period that would give players um, uh, every quarter of time they would understand like kind of where things are at so you know the first quarter comes up so and so is in the lead everyone works on it come halfway everyone realizes that it's completely flopped and they have to go back the other way and then you know so on and so forth and then until you, till you get to the very final and when you finally actually get to hear what the the results are uh so outside of not really hearing too much about what's going on um i i still really enjoy the fact that it's it's still kind of a mystery i don't think i want a live update because i i don't need to see how many people are turning in on a constant basis it's not going to change or sway my opinion um or 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 how hard i work on this because i'm only going to work so hard on this right i'm not going to dedicate as much uh resources to this as as anything else in the game when i do it when i do actually sail i'll try and focus on it when i can but you know i can only do so much in the two week time frame so but overall uh, Return of the Damned, having Pen Dragon and Bell working on trapping Flameheart's soul in a painting—not Pen Dragon's painting, but a painting—is um, a very interesting leap from where we were with the last adventure, where we were left with Pen Dragon and uh, Bell realizing that Flameheart's body was gone and so was stitcher jims and we found out what happened was is that uh the servant of flame and some reapers came absconded with the the bodies and then took them back to the reapers hideout what they ended up doing and thanks to the journals on this was they took stitcher jim's skull which you know it's it was a little unceremonious but um I remember we had been talking about having Stitcher Jim come back for so long, right? We wanted to have Stitcher Jim back in the, in the, the seat uh, as far as the storytelling seat as they're driving the storytelling car and kind of share with us what's going to happen and have his role be a little more um, important than just kind of the lackey, always being the lackey, right? And as we found out in this adventure as far as we know at least stitcher jim unless he comes back with a skull a different skull he is gone he has played his part and um even after failing uh being the herald of flame as a ashen lord uh which is a bummer because it, you had two weeks of using that that uh ashen wins, um you know ashen lord model and that's it that's all you get uh but they have the voice lines it's not like they could never bring him back but for the story purposes at least, uh, he is gone for now. His skull was changed. They used magic to change it so that it looks more akin to Flameheart's original skull, which is why he looks the way he does now. And his coffin is open up at Reaper's Hideout. Um I like that the Servant of Flame is out of the actual hideout and that it's still a turn in point. Uh, I think this is a brilliant idea. I think that it's a lot easier for Reapers to turn in. This also kind of removes the suspicion of people who are hiding out inside the actual tent um, waiting for people to run in. It removes the keg play aspect of it as well too. And kind of puts it on par with, I think, what a lot of people were upset about when Sovereigns first came in was that uh, Sovereigns just made it way too easy to be able to turn in. And having uh, the the Servant of Flame, Flameheart Jr., out there in the middle of the, the island really does kind of shore things up um, in my mind. Like, you're not stuck pulling up to that one spot on Reapers. You can actually pull up to the little jetty, the little dock that's out there and uh, drop stuff off that way Uh, and I actually like it a lot better that way the the spot where everyone has on the south side of the island I really hate that spot it's stupid it's a death trap I know it's faster and I still don't care I'm okay running stuff a little bit further for the ease of being able to have my ship in a better place uh, in the event that I need to bring someone or, or deal with another ship coming in right um so i was i was glad to see that he's out there but uh just like bell just like with uh their table and i and i actually really like this so they took the table that was used for shrouded deep and they have little forts on there little little miniature forts which i think are adorable and each one that has uh bell or the reaper's flag raised over at that fort not only shows the beacon But it also shows the little flag above the fort and it shows like who's in charge of what, right? And each of the little forts is in conjunction with the direction that that sea fort is based on the table. So if you're looking at one of the little, little forts, you can use your compass to look out into that direction. If you head out to that direction, you'll find that sea fort. And I just, it's a little thing. It's a little touch that it's, I really enjoy because yeah, it makes me think of, you know, like Game of Thrones or, or World of Warcraft or what have you. Any any show, movie uh, where there's a war going on and they have, they have that table, right? And that table has got like, it's got the landscape here, the here are the lands that we have all of our armies and the armies are moving forward to these different places. And we've set up little miniature models on the table so that it represents what places are occupied by what forces. And you can tip over the little one when you've accomplished it. Like it's kind of like that, but for sea of thieves and I actually really like it. I think it's a, I think it's kind of uh, again, the little miniature sea forts are adorable. absolutely really love those. Can't wait for um, those to kind of be, more of a a, a staple in the game i kind of want those to be like a staple i would love to have like a nice little table that you can look at kind of like with the emissary tables to know kind of if someone's taking over territories because i kind of think that's that's what i would like to see with the game um and i think new world does this really well i think new world has a map that you can pull up and granted sea thieves doesn't have that uh but i think new world does a really good job of showing territory that can be occupied uh in the world and it changes over time, right? That's kind of the, the, the gameplay aspect of New World, right? So having something like that in Sea Thieves, I think would be interesting. The problem comes down to um, how many people are playing on one server. And it always goes back to there's only five players on one or five ships on one server, right? So at the end of the day, you're only going to have so many people participating in these types of things. So I'm really curious to find out um how this season eight will introduce some of the things that we've taken with this adventure and see if those get reintroduced in a new form for season eight so really kind of curious if they'll if they'll kind of keep doing that because uh, i actually really like this um one of the things that i i <sighs> So one of the things that I wanted to touch on is the inevitability of if Flameheart wins and we end up losing Pendragon. Um, One of them are going to be trapped in the Sea of the Damned, right? But we don't know which one. That's up to us. We're the ones that are working to help kind of facilitate the ritual to either bring back Flameheart or bring back, bring... Bring Brack, uh, not Brack. Um, bring back Flame and trap him in the painting that uh Pendragon is, is trying to force his soul into um at the time. And that all really, honestly, like it feels all of that feels like a little disjointed. And I and I want to say that I believe that there was probably a little bit of time in between the last adventure and this adventure where Rare was intending to build out some of the uh, story a bit more either through social media or just in the game um, where we would normally have some time between those and that would be the lead up to uh, Flameheart and Jim's body have been absconded they've been uh, rescued by the Reaper's Bones and in the time between the last adventure for uh, Herald of the Flame and Return of the Damned they kind of explain like the ritual right the ritual that they have to perform to try and get Uh, Flame Heart's soul and trap it in a body or not trap it not a body um, a painting and because we had such a short amount of time between the adventures it feels as though we lost out on us being able to really kind of chew on the fat if if you understand my my meaning here uh to to kind of like have a moment to process what's happening so that we can have some dialogue in the community to kind of understand what's happening in the in the game to come up with theories things like that and um i'll I'll be honest i really did love the fact that we were getting content so fast and furious and i know that the delay in season seven is probably what pushed everything so close together so that uh, they didn't have that time to really kind of let people settle in with the the concepts of what's been going on, um, but jumping right into Herald of the Flame and then into Return of the Damned and then right into season eight uh, has actually been very thrilling to me. I think it's been really awesome that we've had like a couple weeks of one thing and then a couple weeks of another and then right into season eight. It's been great to see them just kind of pushing content and pushing content and pushing content you know you, you've you always got something to think about going on with the story uh, which is a real bummer if you are some of the people that play this casually you don't always get to jump in maybe you're playing once or twice a week at most uh, and you're not really keeping up with the story because you have other ideas of what you want to do in the game but the story still kind of has some influence in what you want to do uh, in the game and you still really enjoy what's going on you kind of miss out on that right uh, so I, I I really like the the pacing, um, but I understand why the pacing could be slowed down or why it should be slowed down just to give people time to catch up with what's been going on. Um, but I wanted to talk about what losing Pendragon could mean for us as players. Um, again, I really love Pendragon. I think uh, what Pendragon did to stop a lot of the skeletons in the world uh, from murdering pirates and trapping their souls into objects was fantastic. Uh, I love the stories of him going out and battling. Uh, a bunch of different creatures and getting bored with that and thinking, ah, you know, I need something different. And then finding out about the Sea of Thieves, Um, especially given that a lot of the time when he was sent out to go take down like a creature or a monster, you know, or something like that, it always came down to like, it wasn't a monster. It was, it was actually people and people like misrepresenting stuff. So it was like the, the, the truth of the matter was, is that, the real monsters were the humans around the story that he was being told to go stop something. Like this, it, like go go head over to Comixology, uh, search See Thieves origins, find the Pen Dragon comics. They're free. You can read them at your leisure. Um, and they're they're great. I actually really love those comics. I, I hope that they bring out more comics because the origins and the um in the pen dragon stories and stuff are just great. Uh and Knowing that we're potentially going to lose him, um, given the, the the current status of of the adventure, is kind of a bummer. Because uh, I, I really think that he is one of the few beacons of light in the Sea of Thieves story, and losing to to me um, a model figure to to emulate uh, is is kind of a bummer. It's kind of like losing Han Solo. You know, it's how I feel like I feel like if we lose Dragon, it's kind of like losing Han Solo in Star Wars. Um, It's just not going to be the same. And I hope it's I'm I, I'm assuming it's temporary because I, I really enjoy it. But uh, to, to lose that, to hear people actively say, oh, I don't want I don't want Han Solo in Star Wars anymore. It's kind of like, oh, really, that's that's your go at it. And they're like, well, yeah, if it means bringing back Vader. And I'm like, OK, I can I can I can understand that. But it's like, man, that's a. It's a, it's a hard choice to, for me to make because I, I love both characters, right? I love Pendragon and Flameheart as much as I love Vader and Han Solo. And I'm saying Han Solo because Han Solo obviously had the better lines and stuff uh, compared to like Luke and whatnot. But um, it's just one of those, I don't, I don't know why I'm going on this weird tangent, but uh, one of the things that I hope for with Sea of Thieves, if, if Pendragon is getting trapped in the painting in in the painting or at least in the sea of the damned um i'm hoping that this affords us an opportunity to touch upon uh the demarco story because the mystery's done we know who killed demarco we know what happened um the trouble is is what now you know like we don't have we don't have resolution we have we have uh you know, motive, we have, um, you know, a, a little bit of justice, but we haven't done anything to actually get DeMarco's soul back. His skeleton is still sitting over at Sea Dog's Rest. I don't know if they're, the intent is to have DeMarco come back. Now, I mean, obviously, it's like one of those situations where it's like, hey, they, they killed off Arena. You don't really need these characters. You could bring other characters into the game. So as a result, um, you know, why don't we. Why don't we leave DeMarco where he's at? And we don't necessarily have to address that. But again, that comes back down to the story of like, you know, DeMarco wanted to leave. He thought it was crazy to try and broker peace between the sirens. And uh, you know, Ramses set him up to do that. And and he he wanted to leave the Sea of Thieves because he thought it was a suicide mission. He couldn't believe why his father was sending on him sending him on a suicide mission, right? Um, so it'll be very interesting. Like Ramses obviously. Upset that his father, that his son was killed enough to go after the siren queen or stop the siren queen. So it's like, well, what do you want? You 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 want to send your your son to go broker peace, and you think that that will happen and that your son won't die. Well, your son died doing trying to get away from the thing that you sent him out to go do by the people that you sent him to go do it with. And at that point, it's like, great, your son was right, and he didn't have to die. He could have left the Sea of Thieves and been fine. So what now? How are you going to make amends? And it really does kind of make me think, like, you know, what what kind of a character is Ramses? What kind of a character is he to do nothing for so long that it really took his son's death uh, and his daughter getting trapped for him to actually act, to do anything, really anything um as as a hero so when when i think about this i'm like man you know this is why i like pendragon pendragon is a lot more proactive about stopping evil than even Ramses is you know he's out there fighting davy jones with us at the end of the pirate's life tall tales you know he's he's out there trying to stop uh the 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 reaper's bones during the summoning of the shrouded ghost to get the the veil of ancients right he's doing so much to try and right the wrong of Flameheart being released into the world compared to Ramses. It's like, well, if if I lose Pendragon, I, I don't know that I have a reason to fight for the Athena's fortune because n- nothing about Ramses has really told me or indicated that he's, he's the person that I want to follow, um, in, in the battle. You know, I, I will follow bell. Bell's been very active about helping. And, uh, so has, has Pendragon, but Ramses has been kind of stagnant and it's, and it's frustrating. Um, having him be a leader, so I would be very curious to see like what happens with Flameheart. But if Pendragon goes to the to the Sea of the Damned, I hope that he can bring back Demarco's soul. If we get an opportunity to bring to to bring them back, I hope if we go back to get Pendragon, that we're also able to go back to get both Demarco and uh and and Pendragon, and and maybe that'll light a fire under the flame lord, or under under the uh, pirate lord and uh he'll be able to you know have a little more a little more active role in what's going on with the sea thieves um just to really kind of touch on the adventure again i i really love this adventure for what it does for the content that was brought in at the beginning of the year um and with this sea, or with this season kind of sending us, or this adventure, I guess, kind of sending us back to the sea forts., uh, it was nice to know that I can continue working on sea forts without people really getting uh, huffed about the fact that I want to go out to do sea forts. I really enjoy sea forts. I think they're a, a fantastic addition to the game. Um, I think it's it's great that you have such beautiful little structures that looks so good in the game and and be able to go do them it's on demand content it doesn't require a voyage it's out in in anywhere in the world you know you've got six of them um and i just think they're really really great i'm two away from getting my 50 uh and that's with me kind of going out and doing them like each each uh, lunch break that i have time to actually sit down and do see these i jump on do one um, and I just I love that. I, I'm glad that we got a chance to go back and do that. And I love the idea that we are able to raise a flag for our respective uh, team, right? And that's kind of what I've been going at this whole time is this I love the idea that we have territories or that we're holding or occupying territory. And I wanted to know, if you all thought it would be good if something like this happened, like, if you could claim uh, the sea forts for the Reaper's Bones in the Shores of Plenty, you would get an increase multiplier to gold turned in um, in in those areas and that maybe you could turn stuff into sea forts. Uh, all kinds of interesting ideas and stuff like that. But I, I at, at the base of it, I'm very interested in the idea of having the Sea of Thieves split between the two different sides, the two different uh, alignments, as, as Mike Chapman put it, um, and I'll be very curious, like how this coincides with the content update that is getting launched on Friday um, after we get the decision results. I'm very curious to kind of see like how that all works out. But uh, overall, I'm 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 really happy with the content and see these right now, um, more so than I have in maybe the, the last few updates. I think, again, like Shrouded Ghost was was hindered by having to have multiple crews as well as the stability of the fight um but the but the concept was really great same thing with the hunter's cry i think the the hindrance there was the player in in the the players and how they came in and really kind of messed things up but i think that the overall design was really interesting and unique Um, so i'm happy with that but i will say that um herald of the flame and i think uh return of the damned are two of the better adventures that we've gotten this year that we can point to and say, like, this is how the game should progress the story. The, these are how you have little moments that are great ways to elaborate on lore and uh, further the plot that is being told in the game. For those of us who are huge fans of that lore. Uh, so and really just kind of wondering, like, where do we go from now, especially given that season eight is so heavily focused on PvP um, I'm curious how that's going to work in favor of the story, especially with things like going on over at Golden Sands Outpost and seeing the changes that are over there. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, I, I talked about it last episode as far as like I'm hoping that it becomes a bustling town. I've seen uh, tweets from Mike on on uh, online that have basically suggested that it's going to get even crazier as we go forward. And one of the questions that I had with it um comes down to with the new buildings over at new golden sands outpost with all the the walls and stuff one of the biggest things in sea of thieves is information um so much in this game depends on the information that you're given based on what's going on around you having perception on your environment and being able to judge things based off of that information is integral to success with sea of thieves so when i look at what's going on with new golden sands Outpost one of my concerns and this isn't a serious concern but it is a concern is the visibility of uh, being on that island we've been seeing walls we've been seeing staircases that make me wonder just how big the structure is uh, going to be built up around on new golden sands outpost we've been seeing the walls being dug uh, so that they can be buried so that they're secure and looking at just how big stuff could potentially get i'm wondering if this is going to be another situation where we're talking about the giant stone archways uh when a pirate's life came out we had these giant stone portals that were erected from the, the the sea wherever somehow Um, but you know, Calypso had raised these so that we would be able to travel to the sea of the damned on demand, uh, to be able to help out with Jack Sparrow and the, the little trinket relic that he had, uh, that he promised to her. And it really did hinder some of the sight lines as well as just kind of the overall aesthetic in the world. Um, and I'm curious to know if new golden sands will be subject to this scrutiny, if people will take a look at the structures that are being built up over at new golden sands and those that saved it, if that will start to uh, conflict with what they were hoping would happen by saving golden sands, again, goes back to that monkey paw. You know, you make the wish you say, I wish that we were to save golden sands and they said, okay, great. New golden sands has been saved. Now we're going to build up the fortress that's there so that it can properly prevent uh, anyone from coming and attacking it the way uh, they did when we were fighting to save it, right? And as a result, it it ruins some of the beauty, some of the the natural mystique or 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 uh, 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 you know kind of environment that was New Golden Sands, you know, once bitten twice shy. So I'm very curious. To hear if people be if if they're going to be upset if things get a little too modernized as a result of saving Golden Sands and if that's the case what would have happened if Golden Sands burnt would it be an issue would you run into these giant structures would structures still be erected at Golden Sands or would something else happen very curious to find out how you feel if giant walls are put up. And it obstructs your view, especially from uh, the direction of Reaper's Hideout. If you're not able to see just how high do you have to go out and watch? Or is this something that you're interested in? If they had a giant bell tower in um, New Golden Sands, if you were kind of going up there and it was a lookout and it was a bell that actually rung so loud that if you were say down by the shipwright and the person that was in the bell tower over by say like where the tavern is right now if they rung that bell would that bell be loud enough for people to actually hear it down at the shipwright you know something that that really does kind of function as a warning bell as you would expect right very curious to find out like would people be interested in something like that would you be interested in having a warning signal, something to be able to let you know that there's a ship coming in or that there's a threat on the horizon. Using that in elevated uh, a position, like if you look at um, Sea Dogs Rest, Sea Dogs Rest is a perfect example. Uh, but take that what that is the the visibility that Sea Dogs Tower or you know Tavern uh, provides, and apply it to what a fortress would be like. Over at New Golden Sands, if that's something that you would be interested in, or if that's something that um, would actually uh, kind of uh, uh, be distasteful for a pirate, uh, pirate game for you, like is it a little too modern? Uh, I really want to uh, hear some thoughts back from everyone um about whether you think that would be a positive or a negative because it's happening one way or the other and it's a result of us saving so i'm curious for those that wanted to save it if, if this was the if this is exactly what you wanted or if it is the the monkey paw that you now are having to deal with the the wish that is is uh cursed right personally i really love this i think it's fantastic I really look forward to seeing kind of what they did with uh, Pirate's Tale or no, Pirate's Life, uh, Tall Tale. Gosh, what was it? Three? I think it was three when we went to um, uh, the, the little sea fort, the Spanish fort. Uh, I really love that. I had such a good time with it. I really, I really love that whole Tall Tale is, is beautiful. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I want it up to notch, though. And what I mean by that is I want to have the NPCs to have a bustling town, right? I want town folk who have a routine and they walk around and they have little, little routine and they do things and you can talk to them, but they're talking to each other and they're traversing the different parts of there. I want like manned walls by pirates who are up there with little hats, you know, um, and it was, uh, P joblin who was in the talent contest that, uh, a dread pirate Doug did for the race of legends community. Um, they did, uh, they had an amazing, uh, a- a- admission to the actual talent show and it was the day in a life of. Of a sea fort with spanish soldiers and a chef and people were sitting on there and then a ship came in and uh they they were getting attacked and they had to defend the fort and it was a a beautifully well done um machinima that really kind of showcased in my mind, what Sea of Thieves is, you know, and, and, and I think when all of us think of Sea of Thieves, we think of the full pirate's life thing. You know, you think of like every tavern is is full of people drinking and having, uh, you know, uh, conversations about the, the things that they've done. It's never just like, oh, yeah, there's the barkeep, Lorena's outside, and there's there's the weird dude over by the door that goes to nowhere. I don't think anyone really thinks of the tavern in their mind when they're talking about like what the fantasy of Sea of Thieves is. Um, thinks of things being so barren with just the bare minimum uh, pirates, and and maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm just projecting, but it really does make me want to have uh, a world where we are just living in and amongst a whole bunch of other NPCs. Um, and and this is probably like has to do a lot with the other games that I play. You know, when I'm I'm playing Destiny, there's people in and about the world on the tower. And yeah, their, their voice lines do get repetitive after a while, but I tune those out, but having it, having them there is better than just having like an empty landscape and just the people that are behind the places that, um, are places where I interact to check my mail or access the vault or pick up a bounty. And they just have little animations, like, you know, all of the, all the NPCs and CTs have little animations and they don't have to do much, but just having more people around, I think is, is what I would like, but that's also really resource intensive too. So, you know, it's, it's a, I'm asking for a lot, but that's because I'm hoping for a, a bit, right. If that makes sense, like I want a lot of stuff to come to the game and that's because I hope that at least a bit of that will actually make it to the game and if a little bit of that makes it to the game i'll be happy but if i don't say how much i want then it it feels like maybe maybe we're not reaching high enough you know what i can't think of what the saying is but there's that there's that kind of positive uh affirmation saying that's like you know you shoot for the stars so you can land on the moon it's um I i don't know but yeah i i feel like i'm kind of uh getting past the point of where I wanted to, to finish this up for uh, the one thing that I did want to say about the adventure um, now that I, I almost forgot about this but um, I didn't really like the fact that whilst both places were centrally located for turn-in points for the enchanted dolls um, in herald of the flame they turned off all of the all of the volcanoes in the roar so that people could do this two-week adventure, right? So they could enjoy this bit of lore. But in Return of the Damned, they didn't turn off the ghost fleets or the Ashen Winds. Or or heck, even the uh the uh what was it? The um oh I just forgot what the name of the the voyage veil vale, no voyage the veil vale voyage, whatever the veil vale voyage is. I can't legend of the veil vale voyage. I can't think of what the Veil vale Voyage is called. I think it's just Veil vale Voyage. Um, don't hate me on this. But, uh, you know, you can go to Shipwreck Bay, and we did this weekend, where we had two bells on Shipwreck Bay. Like, that's weird, right? Like, that's it's weird that there's two bells on Shipwreck Bay. There's one over over with uh, Pendragon during the adventure, but there's also another one that just shows up next to the buoy on the south side of Shipwreck Bay because that's where she spawns when... It's a pirate legend veil voyage, right? So um, it's annoying that people are, are trying to troll the people that are supporting Pendragon by spawning ship fleets over on Shipwreck Bay. Uh, it's also annoying to have to try and deal with an ash and wind. And I haven't had to do this, but I know people have. It, it would be annoying to have to do this. Um, but having to deal with an ashen wind... To, to be able to or ashen wind lord or ashen lord during ashen winds on shipwreck bay to be able to turn in your enchanted dolls so that you could support pendragon and given that flameheart is winning right now makes me wonder or at least call into question how uh f- how much of an issue this is because i don't imagine it's a big issue i really don't um but it was a bit of an oversight in my mind that it was called into question and we haven't really seen any commentary about this and maybe that's just due to a lack of analytics maybe it's just a due to due to the fact that the event's already half over um but i would hate the idea that we lost the pendragon fight because there was a way to grief others with pve threats um whereas reapers really doesn't outside of other ships coming into reapers. You really don't have anything to worry about. Like even those that are arguing that the ship fleet, a world event is right next to reapers hideout. You don't have to deal with that. If you're turning into reapers, it's not like those ships come over and start attacking you while you're turning in. You don't, that's, that's not an actual issue. If you're sailing through the ship fleet to get to reapers bones and on purpose, and you you are doing so thinking the ship fleet isn't going to be that big of an issue you're either really confident or really dumb and those are two sides that i don't know that i i want to have to have a 50 50 coin flip on um but i was hoping in the future and and i will say credit to rare for making this event uh this community decision being a lot more fair in general um, but I think that this one thing is the the one critique that I have to pull out uh, to point out and be like, this adventure is fantastic. This little thing right here was a slight oversight that I, I hope that they take into account with future decisions because everything else was perfect in my mind. I really do believe everything else was perfect. The enchanted dolls was great. Um, the the messaging that came out from rare. If if you were paying attention to Twitter or their website, um, social media stuff like that, if you were paying attention to that, it was uh, very well laid out. Exactly what counts, what doesn't count, what you have to do. They they had a huge thread of how the adventure works, how to understand it, and if you read through that, you should have been Gucci. Uh, but it was it was a lot better communicated than what we've had in the past with adventures, right? So I think that the the social team did a fantastic job i think that the design team did a fantastic job i think that the service teams uh have done a fantastic job um in the the story team the narrative team all of the the people that worked on it i think they've done a fantastic job with making this community decision uh while while it feels a bit less impactful compared to the first one i think due to the due to the the um kind of mixing of of it being a community decision, but it's also an adventure. Um, I think that was a little bit lost on on at least me. And and I don't want to speak for anyone else on that. But uh I think everything was really, really well done with this adventure. I think the only the only oversight really was to the voyages that you could put on there and the world event being able to be uh at shipwreck bay. If those two things had been turned off for shipwrecks or ships ship's you know shipwreck bay um i don't think there would be any question that whatever the results are if pendragon loses that it was done fair and square through the the efforts of the the reaper's bones and if they if pendragon does actually win as far as like being saved um it will definitely be a testament to the people who uh persevered through um potential issues to to try and save him to be able to turn in there without any griefing or things like that um and and vice versa too like if you are trying to save pendragon there's nothing stopping you from sailing over to reaper's bones camping it out and killing people who are trying to turn in take their enchanted dolls and then go turn them in over at ships or ship shipwreck bay there's nothing stopping you from being able to do that as well too so It's all up to the community on this one. Um, I would hope that in the future they maintain a lot of the things that they did with this community decision, because I think that this was not only the most fair way, um, but really well thought out given the placement of the islands, the turn-ins, the and the the way that you actually impact it, how you can impact it more. The multiplayer with the or the multiplier with the actual flames and stuff, and the sea forts—they're all balanced because they're all in different areas. There's two to each sea, and you can go to any of them. Um, I think this was probably the best way you could could have a community decision, tie it into the lore, and have it be as fair as possible. Um, I really don't think that you can get any more fair than this. Uh, outside of the, the the small oversight that I think with the the ship's fleet and all that jazz but overall I'm really happy with what Sea of Thieves has been putting out lately I think this is some of the best content that they've had since A Pirate's Life I think they've done a fantastic job really pushing Sea of Thieves' story because A Pirate's Life was probably the best content that they've put out and I think a lot of people were wondering when are we going to get back to Flame Heart and now that we're here in the thick of it i think folks are really enjoying the fact that we are getting to focus in so much on what's going on with the story with flameheart flameheart jr with pendragon bell Ramses, all that i think it's fantastic and i think that the team has done a great job this year of establishing the content and the pacing that they want to do with the slight hiccup for season 7. <laughs> all right pirates and i think that's gonna do it um that yeah my thoughts on the adventure and so far so far the year for the most part but um really glad that we got that egx panel man i was i was really hoping i could hear what was going on there i'm really bummed i didn't get a chance to actually go and see the devs again I would have loved to have had like, you know, second impression with Joe Neat. So he didn't think that I was such a a spaz when it comes to game balance or all that jazz while he's just trying to have fun. Uh, And a chance just to, I don't know, talk to Mike again because chatting with them is fantastic. And man, the amount of devs that were probably there that I didn't get a chance to meet at SOT Fest were, uh, it's, it's probably a lot. And I'm just... Man, I don't know, I just I love that studio. I love those people. I think those people are fantastic. I think those people are working hard to try and make a game that we all enjoy. And uh, yeah, I just love that. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. If you guys enjoyed this content, as always, it helps. Um, Depending on where you're listening to this, you know, there's always ratings you can do or thumbs up or subscribes, things that that will always help um, with kind of discoverability of the show you know i mean i do a podcast a lot of people don't watch podcasts on youtube a lot of people you know they'll listen to them but it's not like a streamer you know i'm not doing this every day eight hours a day so that you can have that moment to to kind of see what's going on so uh thank you if you're listening to this i appreciate it um if you want to get a hold of me there's plenty of ways to do that Reach me over on Twitter for now until Twitter implodes uh, at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always write into the show through email, uh, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can always join the Discord. Sherpas are out there if you need any help with anything, uh, especially with the PvP Season 8 coming. Who knows what that's going to entail. So uh, I imagine if you're you're needing help getting better at at, uh, PvP, they always are willing to take folks on. To help kind of help out with that um and i'm sure a lot of people out there who are out hunting for other pirates and stuff would love to jump in to help kind of give some tips and tricks on what you can do to get better at pvp or just in general um if you're needing help with the game that's what those sherpas are in there for uh discord link is in the show notes as well too just jump in it's a good way to chat with folks uh about a whole bunch of multiple multitude of things you know whether whether you're talking about diablo 4 or Uh, What else have we been talking about? We talked about the Microsoft Blizzard Activision deal that's been going on as well too. Um, Just a whole bunch of fun stuff that we're chatting about. And it's a a good good group of people who are just some of the nicest people, salt of the earth folks. Really great to, to have them in that community. And, uh, I think that's going to do it. So, um, if you guys have any questions, just check out the show notes. Let me know. I'll, i am uh, always around. I always see everything. Um, I just don't always respond to everything. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice that you guys are out there. Um, enjoying the game still. So anyway, I think that's going to do it. So thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. Are you into the Cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hey there, my name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim gyms. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose.